Thank you. Next! <laughs> okay. First things first, your exes should be blocked. You know, acknowledging the good things and moving on. We're not about bad vibes here. Are you relationship experts? No. no. <laughs> My pants were wet. <laughs> it ain't even about BDE anymore. It's about thank you next energy, yeah? Welcome to Thank You Next, the podcast about turning those negative situations in your life, aka your L's, into lessons and ultimately wins. I'm Raj. And I am Hardeep. If you haven't heard this podcast before, I'm going to fill you in right now. In lockdown one, me and Hardeep spent a lot of time reliving the L's that we took in relationships until we turned them into lessons. So now we do that on this podcast, currently in lockdown three. Is it actually three? Because I don't even know what number it is now. I think it's technically lockdown three, but it's like day number 3000 of lockdown. I actually believed you then when you said 3000, then I realised there's 265 days in here. When we say relationships, we ain't just talking about the juicy, sexy stuff. Although when we say juicy, sexy, we're not talking about my vagina, which is dry. Like a desert. I didn't need to visualise that. It's bear dry, man. But anyway, we're, talk- we're talking about every single relationship that plays a part in our lives. So your new social media buddies, you know, friend, this little, this nice little friend. DM. Your family, your work colleagues, your boss, your neighbour, that nice man at Sainsbury's and the man I met yesterday. I was playing in a puddle with my wellies <laughs> on and he was also looking at the puddle. So we made friends. Today, we're joined by a dope guest. She's a writer, she's a speaker, and she's a content creator. And her name is not Tony Tony, which is what I thought it was, but it's Tony Tone, honey. You might know her from Twitter, okay? She's kind of a big deal. She's kind of a big deal. She's going to be telling us the lessons she's learned from three of her relationships and let us know what she's saying thank you next to. And we want to know what you want to say thank you next to as well. Please email us at hi, thank you next podcast at gmail.com and follow us on socials for extra, extra content. And that is at thank you next pod. So shit that went down this week. Hardeep. So every time I've talked to you about Bridgerton and any other show, everyone else has always finished before me, right? So I only actually watch stuff when I'm eating. So finally, I've got to the end. I got to the part of them having sex um, for the first time, even though Daphne didn't know what sex was. Mate, Daphne, when she was like, you know, when he was coming and she was like, does that hurt? Man. <laughs> I was watching it with my mum. I was like, mum, like, she doesn't understand how sex works. I just, so. <laughs> I wonder if that is accurate and whether these people back in the days, women didn't, because men seem to know it all and do whatever they want. When he's like, I would have got you a whore when you came back from Eton. <laughs> if you just wanted to fuck. When, um, someone says that to Daphne's brother. Yeah. If she didn't know what sex is yeah, what I don't understand is how she wasn't more like, repulsed or like weirded out or like when he got his dick out was she she doesn't seem like fascinated or intrigued like she was just like okay she was all like nice and pleasant about it she was just like okay this is happening it didn't look like she was majorly like excited about it or scared when i learned about sex i was horrified and even like when i sneeze sometimes on myself and i catch it in my um jumper or my top and there's like a bit of like snot i'm horrified by that oh and that's and i know that happens oh. so how is she so horrified not horrified by sex? i don't understand i just think even seeing a dick like you know they're not i think we've grown to like the the look of a, a, a penis but if it was something you hadn't seen before genuinely what does it look like it looks like a creature from the unknown it looks like a giant worm with this head Whoa. i would just be like what the fuck is that <sighs> but well, yeah i just didn't understand how she wasn't more shocked fascinated disgusted by the process of sex do you think there needed to be more chat about willie's there wasn't enough like explaining for me if you have never done these things before, like, you don't just go with... I don't just... I question everything. I don't know. Daphne didn't seem like someone who questioned a lot of stuff. Whereas if it was her sister, Eloise, Eloise would have been like, what is that? I hate all TV programs that do this because it's so unrealistic when a couple finishes together. Sorry, when in history... How in history? I don't know about this, right? 
unless you're planning it or you're attempting, who comes at the same time? You come at the same time. How? Were they trying to show that she had come? I didn't gather that from watching that. I definitely gathered that he had come and she was just like, okay, I'm done too. I think she did on her own. Yeah, when she was, you know, when he told her to touch herself. I think she looked like she was having a good time. I can see here that you've also watched a little bit of Bling Empire. Yes, Kevin. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Kevin would get it. Although, actually, so Kevin from the start, he was really hot. And then he turned into a sex pest. How did he turn into a sex pest? When he went on that salsa date and he's trying to touch her, trying to kiss her. I was like, get a life, man. They were on a date. I don't know. I didn't really notice that about Kevin. No, no, no. He said that other thing about pancakes, didn't he? That didn't sit very well with me. So I think I was doing stuff while I was watching it. What do you say? He said, I get girls to come over, I tell them I'm going to make them pancakes and I ask them to cuddle in. I know basically it leads to sex, but he has a whole plan, a whole strategic plan to get them into bed. And I was like, you are disgusting. I hate that. And also, Andrew is not a good guy. You can see the evil. Andrew is evil. I actually feel like... He is paying, but he's evil. When I first saw him, I was like, oh my God, he's so hot, blah, blah, blah. He's my Then the type. minute, the minute he starts shouting at her down the phone and they're in Paris, yeah, yeah, yeah. that was it. I was just like, nah, this isn't life. When he's like, keep all of the information between us. That is a red flag. Red flag. That's happened to me in both relationships in different ways where someone's been like, you know what? Keep this between us. Don't let anyone else know. Why are they doing that? They're doing that because the minute you let someone else know, that someone else is going to be like, Raj, that's not correct behavior that's he's doing this to you he's doing mm -mm -mm -mm. but the worst thing about it is that this girl keeps going back and it was like that lady anna she was like ain't no dick in the world that's that good that is the best quote i've ever heard also hardy what is that thing that they found in the shower at anna's house the dick washer thing uh, a dick no no it's not a washer mate i think a dick pump oh does it okay with a unique water-based design, bath mate, hydro pumps mean major results. Oh, it's a hydro pump, a penis pump. Yeah. But what does it do? Yeah, what does it do? Clean your willy? Nah, increases the size, mate. Right. Increases the size of a willy? Do you think guys would buy something to clean their dick better? They can barely even have a fucking clean their legs. Right. Our Bathmate Hydro series is ideal for starter users. As the world's first hydro pump, it uses water to create a powerful yet safe level of pressure, helping users effectively increase the size. Right, yeah, okay. Okay, so that's available if anyone wants to do that. So another thing that happened this week was that it snowed in London and all of social media were like, okay guys, we know it's snowing, like relax, stop it, we have windows, we have windows. Whoa, whoa, it didn't just snow in London, okay? Can you stop being so London-centric? Because it had been snowing up north for about a week or so, and London hadn't had any of the snow. And this week, London had some, sorry, last week even, London had some snow. So, I mean, I woke up and I was scrolling on Instagram and I saw like my mate who lives in Kingston was like, it's snowing, oh my God, blah, blah. I was like, shut up, what a load of shit. Went outside and oh my God, it's literally winter wonderland. So yeah, first thing I did was a story with SpongeBob SquarePants like running up and down like going <laughs> because it was so damn exciting. Bearing in mind, we're also in lockdown. And also it doesn't snow in London a lot. It might snow in other parts of the country regularly, but we don't actually get snow a lot. So it was very exciting. Why are you so, why are you so defensive about this? Yeah, but I've already said this. Everyone on socials was just like, Oh, uh, yeah, we know it's snowing. We have windows, yeah? Don't need to see it on your stories. Oh, everyone's stories today. So, like, you know, you get slut-shamed, you get whatever-shamed. Now we're getting, we're getting snow-shamed, mate. Like, what's that about? thing is, right, just like hashtag couple goal people who post pictures, and if they're so happy, why are you posting couple goals? Kind of like the snow. If you're so excited, why are you not in the snow? Why do you need to take a picture, get your phone out and do that? That's the world we live in. I don't know. Like I put, my, I got my wellies from under my bed. Yeah. For first time in months, went to the park and ran around, but I didn't feel the need to document it. And if everyone's documenting the same shit, which I guess happens all the time anyway, like, you know, when things happen. I don't really care. And you know, the whole couple goals thing, it's like, that's very different because couple goals usually are fake. Let's face it. They're usually two people who are not in the best relationship trying to convince themselves that they're in the best relationship. And it's just, there's so many layers to that. Someone enjoying themselves in the snow. It's just someone enjoying themselves in the snow. Let us live. I wasn't offended by the snow post. I did, I did laugh because I knew everyone else would be like, oh, great. Now all the uh, weather reporters are out. 
I was excited by the snow, but I didn't take a picture of it and share it with people. I shared it with my mom on WhatsApp, but I wouldn't put share it with Instagram because... Why didn't you share it with me? <laughs> you know it's snowing. You don't need me to tell you. I showed you my rabbit in the snow. Okay, that was cute content. I love that. Raj took a video of her rabbit in the snow. I was on the verge of tears because it was so sweet. Melted my heart. <laughs> so yeah, I did enjoy that. But that's unique content. I don't want to see the window and the snow outside. That is boring, isn't it? The window, the snow, that's fucking... At least make something out of it. At least do something unique. I made a snowman and I got. I took a selfie with my snowman, which was really cute. Nobody wants to see it, Raj. Guys, you're going to see it on my Instagram right now. If you check it, there's going to be me and my snowman. Thank you, next. Big up you guys on the emails and that. Oh, yeah. Thank you for your emails. We really appreciate them. Hi, thank you, next podcast at gmail.com. Hit us up. It was a couple of weeks ago, wasn't it, Hardy, when you found the Girl Dem article? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So just run us through. What was that article about again? It was about why uh, black women love Max Branning from EastEnders. And the reason why it stuck out to me and the reason why I bought it on this podcast was just because I thought it was so ridiculous because basically my entire life, I don't understand how Max Branning just keeps getting the pee. He just, how's he? Well, they're all running to him and I don't understand. I just don't get it. And yeah, someone wrote an article about why black women love Max Branning. And then we were talking about weird crushes and also why ginger guys like Indian girls. And why I yeah, why we like gingers. Do we do you like gingers too? I don't have like a preference for gingers. I'm not opposed to gingers. Uh, I think, yeah, I definitely have a preference, but it's fine. So we got an email from Wookie, L.O. Wookie. Star Wars fan, are you? Are you? I don't know anything. This is where I'm completely alienated. (laughs) All right. So Wookie says, when I was in primary school, I had a weird crush on a ginger boy called Billy the Bogey Boy. Sounds fit. Uh, She says, given Raj's fetish for gingers and the article Hardeep mentioned, I wonder if women of colour are subconsciously socialised to like ginger people as a result of their marginalisation or if their marginalisation makes them more attractive. I do like an underdog. Underdogs and like if you give me like a posh Chelsea boy and then like not a posh, I wouldn't pick like a rich like. You'd pick the Cockney guy like that's like, oi, oi, deep, oi, deep. Oh, you want my banana, do you? Uh- I'm sorry, why is he Northern? I don't know. Um, <laughs> like I don't, yeah, like the obvious, the short, yeah. Ugh. Yeah, 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 yeah. So going back to Billy the Bogey Boy, Wookie says he was absolutely vile, as his name suggests. He used to pick his nose and... I bet he's wild fit now as an adult. Bogey boys always are. And this really revolted me and everyone in my class, as in people would run away from him when we played at break time. That's sad. But for some reason, Wookie thought he was a little cute outside of the bogey and she had a crush on a really angry Bangladeshi boy called Jabir. Remember those kids at school that were just like really angry and weird? Oh my God. Then she's written, other weird crushes include the accent slash voice of Jurgen Klopp, Max Brannan, Prince Harry. Prince Harry is not a weird crush. Prince Harry is hot. Who's Max Brannan? Does she mean Bra- Max Brannan? I think she means Max Brannan. Oh my God. So Wookie likes Max Brannan? Yeah. And I mean, Jurgen Klopp is actually strangely attractive. I don't know who that is. But Jabir, like an angry Bangladeshi boy. All right, cool, man. And the bogey, you know what happened with me and the bogey boy um, at school, at primary school, was that we used to do a nativity every Christmas. Well, I think we feel like we just did it once. But um, obviously we all had to audition to play Mary, Joseph, whatever. I got cast as Mary, Hardy, and guess who got cast as Joseph? Bogey boy. The bogey boy, innit? Did you get to kiss him? Sorry, they don't kiss, do they? Sorry. They don't kiss. It's an immaculate conception, isn't it? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, it's just a magic baby that God has blessed her with. So, yeah, it was just me and the bogey boy pretending to be married and having baby Jesus. Did you get... um? bullied for that yeah i feel like i did get bullied for it but i don't really i was just kind of like i don't care because i'm mary and you got you ain't mary so fuck off Ooh. you know what i mean it was just like yeah you can bully me that's fine i wasn't saying that but inside i was like i'm mary so you can say whatever you want you always give that energy though like you know i know who i am so yeah it's like it's fine you guys want to cuss me because like you know whatever and like he's really lovely actually we're still in touch on facebook and stuff <gasps> You're in touch with someone from primary school. Uh, yeah, no, we. I've I've got everyone, pretty much everyone from my high school. Well, barring the mean, really, bar the mean people, the people who turned out right. to be very mean. I have actively like changed my number, changed my Facebook, deleted my accounts to get away from these people. Yeah, but I don't know what your reasons are for that. But like, I just don't like. I just don't. I do not. We're going to talk about it. 
I do not like people from the past. I don't want them in my life now. Mm, I don't like they're part of my they're I, we grew up together. So I just think uh, unless they've done me wrong, unless they've actually gone out of their way to cause me harm or issues. What do you have in common with someone from primary school? We all grew we all grew up in the same area. We all have the same shared experience. Um, they all support me. Like they all like our podcast page, babe, on Facebook. <laughs> They've all it's liked it. Thank you guys. And Thanks. you know, we haven't talked in years, but they all like it. And like, you know, when they get married, we're all like, hey, and it's just cute, isn't it? To be like, oh, so she had like, we, cause we're still in the same area. We bump into each other. You'll always bump into someone that you know somewhere. Well, I, I like the opposite of that. I like living in London because I don't see people I went to school with. This is just it, isn't it? Like I've stayed where I, I haven't moved away. So we still see people and yeah and like they still support and stuff so it's we're all we're all cool like apart from the mean people which was just like yeah see you later ain't chatting to you the other thing i actually forgot to say on weird crushes is i keep seeing people on tiktok talking about how diego from ice age is fit which one's diego diego is what i thought was a lion lol he's not he's a saber-toothed tiger yeah i mean have you not fancied a cartoon before i've i used to fancy simba when i was a kid simba's a child mate I was a kid then as well, wasn't I, when Lion King came out? So I was like, oh, Simba's hot. Um, it's nice. It's so, it's so funny how he fancy characters, isn't it? <laughs> Is it just a cartoon? Yeah, like, I think, yeah, who, yeah. Have you not fancied a cartoon character before then? I thought SpongeBob, I thought SpongeBob had a good personality. <laughs> <laughs> SpongeBob SquarePants! SpongeBob was a bit of a cutie, but um, no, not really. Not really, but I just thought it was really funny that people fancy Diego from Ice Age. Yeah, I'm glad people are talking about their animation crushes. We've got to accept them, you know, be nice, open and loving. Definitely fancied Simba, but that's why I never bought like, you know, like a plush toy of Simba because I was like, that'd be too weird. Okay, right. Let's move on. That'd be taking it too far. Let's move on. If you've got a weird crush, please email us. Hi, thank you next podcast at gmail.com or hit us up on socials. We are thank you next pod. So you already know that online content creator and Twitter's finest, Tony Tone, is joining us today to share her knowledge with us and let us in on the L's that she has turned into lessons. Let's find out what Tony is saying thank you next to. Thank you. Next. Tony, welcome to Thank You Next. Hi. Thank you for having me. We kind of already said this, but how are you so hot? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's so sweet. Uh, like, what is your secret? Is there a secret to? Because you are glowing, like yeah, all the time. Every all post, the time, all the uh, time. Lots and lots of makeup, concealer, blush, and wigs. Trust me, it's 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 work. It's work. It's like a glow from within. It's a different glow. You take good care of yourself. I feel that. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> okay, maybe it's just being happy. Aww. I put it down to being happy. Putting myself first, always. We love that. We love that. We've seen that you've got a book deal. Yeah. Yeah, I can't wait for it to come out. I can't wait for everyone to read it. Like I'm counting down. Yeah, and it's called I Wish I Knew This Earlier, which is like very, very similar to stuff we talk about here, turning your L's into lessons. Yeah, basically. That's exactly what the book's about. All the lessons. I learned about love growing up based on the mistakes I made, basically. <laughs> we love that. So when is it coming out? October. It's October 2021. Ooh. But it's available to pre-order now. Slip that in there. Oh, wow. Wait, does that mean you finished writing it or you're you writing it? Writing it at the moment. Oh, my God. I'm 80% of the way done. Have you written it all by yourself or have you been like, hey, guys, like I need help with this. What's going on? All by myself. It's a lot of work. Oh, wow. But I, when I'm when I'm done... My editor's obviously going to look at it, but you really need to be disciplined. That's what I'll say. Like to sit and just write is is tough. But I guess it's kind of a blessing in disguise that we've had so many lockdowns because really I have no excuse. Like, where am I going? <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's so true. So you've probably got a lot more done a lot quicker. Exactly. Yeah. And were you careful like with stuff that you wrote about? Did you have to change people's identities and names and places you know what I didn't have to worry too much because it's mostly about like me sharing lessons with other people so I talk about my life but that's not the main focus it's more so how to help you with yours based on what I've done without giving too much detail away so I do say like I had a boyfriend who did xyz or I went through a relationship where this was involved but 
I don't actually like slip in names. That would be juicy. Maybe one day. <laughs> Maybe oh, one day. <laughs> ooh. <laughs> that's that's my problem on here. I'm all, I'm always saying stuff and I'm like, Raj, take it out. Take it out. We'll be like, okay, we have to change people's genders. We'll change the name. Um, whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't give it away. Don't give it <laughs> we'll away. We'll change their ethnicity <laughs> via the name we give them. You know, like. <laughs> yeah. you got to be careful. Yeah. You do. Because some things were just. I remember once I, I must have tweeted something. And I wasn't even talking about this boyfriend. I was talking about another boyfriend anyway. I must have tweeted something. And then my boyfriend from when I was 16, like, oh wow, messaged me to be like, oh, Tony, what's up with that? Because I must have tweeted about like how one of my boyfriend's wives was like calling me up on the phone, harassing me because she saw my name in his call log. But it's because he called me and she didn't process that he called me. He was drunk one night, called me. And I was like tweeting about like, it's crazy how she was like coming at me and it was her man trying to hit on me and I wasn't even interested. And then because he is guilty or he has been guilty of that in the past, he messaged me like, oh, Tony, why did you tweet that? And I'm like, wow, okay, it wasn't even about you, but okay. So I, I get it when it comes to like, well, I didn't even share his name, but yeah, people assuming things are about them and it gets you in trouble. Yeah, even when you talk about a situation, like I've had that on the podcast where I've talked about certain friends and situations and people have been like, are you talking about her? Because that's really fucked up. And you're like, I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Literally. Um, and obviously like your whole brand persona, your brand identity is that you're like wise like an owl when it comes to relationships. <laughs> I love that. Wise like an owl. <laughs> Literally always dropping gems. And it's just like, where the hell did that come from? How did you know that? Actually, you know what? I could speak on this. So it kind of happened by accident, basically. I went through a breakup and I was like, I had so many thoughts running through my mind. I just couldn't process them more. So I jumped back on Twitter after like having it for years. But I went on like a six year hiatus. And I was like, okay, let me just jump on and just like, you know how sometimes you just want to vent and you're just like, I'm just annoyed about this, that, this, about this. So I jumped on Twitter and I was just writing in general. Again, like no names or anything, but I was just writing about like my views on relationships, just the world, how we see things. And then before I knew it, like it was just going from strength to strength as far as like people relating. And then after I'd been featured in like different publications online, I was like, wait, maybe I'm good at this. Maybe this is my thing. And so I thought, okay, let me change this from me like trying to help myself by processing my thoughts online to like actually building a brand from this and helping other people. And then I just, just yeah, it just, it was just by fluke, like literally like my heartbreak helped me build my brand. It's nuts. But I was just like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to switch it on its head. And I want to help other women like me who have like been through relationships or been through heartbreak, help them to process their emotions basically. I was saying to Raj, like just before um, we were chatting to you about being in one place and then progressing further. I feel like heartbreak for me has definitely given me like a kick up the arse. And I feel like, you know, when you're that low, it's like you've got nothing else to lose. Why the fuck not? Would you carry on? Yeah, exactly. That is exactly it. You just have to like... I don't know. You just kind of think and reassess and just like, what have I been doing all my life? Like I've been holding myself back. I've been putting someone else first. Like now is just the time to just go for what I want unapologetically. Like I've felt really low. I can't feel lower than this. So in a weird way, it really, really helps push us. Heartbreak is a worse pain, man. Yeah, for real. Even with us though, this podcast wouldn't exist un without heartbreak. Like we wouldn't be doing this. Thank you, heartbreak. Thank you. <laughs> but what were you doing before then? Before then, I was working for Oxford University. I was the um, communications manager there for student comms. Wow. So I was leading all their comms, doing their student websites, student newsletters, all that good stuff. Oh my God, that is amazing. And I actually saw one of your tweets that it really spoke to me personally about um, too many people are doing it. There's no room for me. It's already been done already. I'm too late. That is something that's like in the past, th feeling like you're too late or there's no room. And I was saying to Raj last week on the podcast as well, like I used to think that and then I had to like try and reprogram my brain that like, Okay, there was Beyonce, but then there was Rihanna and then there was Cardi and then there's Megan Thee Stallion. And it's like more and more people are coming. And the more these people come, there's more space. Has that ever like played a part in your life where you felt like there's no room or where you've had to kind of challenge those views? Definitely. Like in, I think in every facet of my content, whether it's like jumping on Twitter after Twitter's been around for like yonks and thinking I can actually build a brand on there. That was like, 
something I faced, a, a challenge and trying to reassess and being like, okay, will people actually care about what I have to say? There are loads of people who already have big brands on here. There's no way I can like catch up to that. Um, same with like my content on Instagram and creating like videos and sharing advice videos on YouTube and things like that. There was me thinking, oh no, like so many people like do this and they're professional and they have like PhDs and they study psychology and this, that, this, I can't do this. Um, so there's loads of stuff where I've just, even with my book, I remember thinking, no, there's no way I can have, there's so many authors, so many books about heartbreak and love already. Why would anyone buy mine? But I had to really, really unlearn that and, and just remember that, like you said, so many people have done things that have been done already, but they just put their own twist on it. And I think like believing in myself really helped. The thing that came to my head then was just like a really random example of Kylie Jenner and her lip kits. I don't <laughs> know why that came into my head. But, it's but true. like millions of people had done lipstick, but so many people like her at that time. And like so many people are going to relate to you and your brand and think like you're the one in their head. So why wouldn't they give you their money and support you? Yeah, yeah, it's so true. Like sometimes that that people buy into the person over the product. Definitely. And I think a lot of people relate to you as well. So thank you. Okay, so I've got an, another tweet here. They're just you retweeted. Oh, I retweet. So I never wrote it. I retweeted it. Yeah, you never wrote it. You retweeted it. Someone tweeted Ashanti is 40 looking 25 and then like love heart emojis. And then someone else wrote, or she could just be fine at 40. Let's throw away this 20s monopoly on sexiness. I don't know how old you are. You do look very young, right? But this is what I was saying, like about we said about the glow, right? She has this glow from, she looks after herself. Like, yeah, I feel like a lot of the time we completely celebrate 20s. Mm. I only started looking after myself in like the last two years. <laughs> It's mad, isn't it? Yeah, it's... What do you think when you saw this? I completely agreed with the guy that quote tweeted it. So I'm 31. Like, I don't shy away from sharing my age because it's like part of growing up. You, people get older. And I feel like you should celebrate your age. Like, every single milestone milestone is really important. Um, the opposite of aging is dying. So, like, yeah, I'd rather celebrate my age. So I totally get what he meant because, especially on social media, you'll see, like, a picture of someone who's, like, 30 years old and people be like, oh, my God, you look so good for 30. And I'm just like, uh, 30 is not decrepit. Like, they are not elderly. <laughs> like, why? <laughs> and it's so frustrating. So when I saw the Ashanti tweet, I was like, okay, I get what you're trying to say, but I feel like we do not have to reference a woman being younger in order to complement her beauty and it's almost like counterproductive. Like I would want someone to tell me like, oh, Tony, you look really beautiful as opposed to, oh my God, Tony, you look like you're 23. Cause it's like, okay, I get that people associate youth and beauty, but it's something we need to unlearn because we don't generally see men. And when men are attractive in their thirties and forties and fifties, we're not like, oh my God, you look 21. We just say like, he's so hot. Oh my God, he's so hot. Can I just say it's the opposite with men because my housemate, he found out that I liked someone who was younger than me and now he keeps calling me a pedo, which is obviously not funny. Oh my but God, like, so... oh, wow. I, I'm seen as like a cougar. The, what, I'm a, a cougar. cougar. I get called a cougar as well. Yeah. How we talk about men aging is like, Oh, he's aged like a fine wine. Yeah. Yeah, he's a silver fox. No one says that about a woman with grey hair. And when I turned 30, like I remember I shared it on my socials. I'm 36, so everyone always thinks I'm really young just because I look young. I've got a young face. I talk young. But um, I remember like sharing my photo and being like, and I had like the 30 balloons. And I had inbox messages being like, oh my God, you're 30, but you're so cool. Oh my God, you're 30, but you look like this. But the butt is the problem <laughs> there. Well, you can't, it's not like fun stops on your, it's not, you know, your personality dies a death when you hit 30. It's stupid. Exactly. They think there's like a, a, a switch that just flicks and then all of a sudden, like you just age exponentially and you become super boring. And it's just like, come on, like we just need to let that go. And men are given so much grace. And I think it's really, really unfair. Like women should be given the same grace and celebrated for their age as well. And I think that's why women shy away from sharing their age because we see it as like this negative thing. But it's actually like a beautiful thing. Yeah. Do you think it's also because of the industries that we're in that it's kind of like, oh, I don't want to say that I'm this, this old because this person's going to not give me this work and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, potentially. I think that could also come into it. But I also think there's no way we can destroy that if we don't talk 
openly about it. So I feel like the more we're like, celebrate it openly, we love it, we love it. Then eventually, if it doesn't become the norm, these organizations are going to feel bad because it's like, these people are so open about their age, telling people to love it. It's becoming some like, it shouldn't have to be a movement, but it's becoming a movement amongst women. Like we need to be part of this. And I think when it comes to like industries, I, I get how the entertainment industry is. It could be really messed up, but I feel like talent and like likability is more important than age because someone could be 21 and be really rubbish at their job. Someone could be 40 and be amazing at it. And I think like that's more important. I know some of the like most talented people that I've worked with in like radio and social media, they're always the people who are like over 30. It's always they just know themselves and they're not getting caught up in like the most stupid like conversations you know stuff that doesn't matter and I guess like time brings experience so the more they've like worked in a job the more they've realized okay you do this you don't do this you say this you don't say this that was like therapy for me I needed that because I was just bitching to Hardy before about how I'm not getting hired for this thing that I got kind of promised almost because they think I'm too old so I was just like huh huh wow I was saying to Rad she looks like a teenager today not like saying we should say that but she does (laughs) Like the way you heard that, that whole <laughs> shit. Up, man. Oh my God. You know, we were talking about you having a glow and I was thinking about that lady who was like the oldest lady in the world or whatever, who said that she was like, stay away from dudes if you want a glow. <laughs> Are you currently single? Like, or no? Yeah, yeah, I am. I am. <laughs> oh, it's a single glow, man. I was like, I don't want her to think I'm asking her is in like checklist. <laughs> Are you, have you had, are you, you know, married I don't want you to think I was asking you in a weird way it's funny you ask actually because well I re- recently went through a breakup we're still friends we're like really close friends but work just became my priority and I didn't want to um I didn't want to be in a relationship and then not be able to devote my time to that person because they deserve like the very best and I just knew I wasn't able to give that but it's funny because when I was with them honestly like lovely lovely partner lovely boyfriend I have not one bad word to say about them but when I was with them people used to say that to me like oh have you got a new man you've got a glow so it's just funny oh you still got the glow glow. (laughs) you do have a glow mate so now that we've just talked about relationships a little bit we have had a discussion on this podcast about weird crushes and this is based on an article that Hardy found on Galdem and it was about why black women are so attracted to Max Branning and from EastEnders you know the ginger one <laughs> black women so attractive <laughs> and then like someone emailed us saying that women of colour are attracted to ginger men subconsciously because they are othered ginger men okay they're othered <laughs> Because they go, because they go through struggle. That is hilarious. You know why that's funny to me? Because I have a friend, like my one black female friend, who has dated white guys. Like one of the like loves of her life was a ginger guy. So that's funny to me because like the one black female friend I have that I know has like dated outside her race, she dated a ginger guy. So that's hilarious. You say one, very. Is it, is it literally you only have one friend who does that? That has that has dated a white guy, yes. I have friends who've dated mixed guys. I have friends who've dated Asian guys, but I only have one. Okay, when I say friend, I'm talking like my my like core group. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have like acquaintances who've dated white guys, but I feel like like amongst black women, it's not it's not as common as say amongst black men, especially in the UK. Yeah, like they've they've never ever like I have when I was younger, but as an adult, no. But it's like cultural differences. Like once I was in a relationship with someone who was like of the same background as me, like Nigerian, I was like, wow, okay, this is lit. I didn't realize how lit this could be. So, oh, that's sweet. I'm still waiting to date someone from the exact same background as myself, and I'm like, if that happened, that would be amazing. Because yeah, you do just think there'd just be certain things that they would get that you wouldn't have to ever say. And it, the irony is. Prior to dating someone from the same background, I was like, I will never, I'm the last person I'll date. It's a Nigerian man ever. Then I got with the one and I was like, okay, I kind of like these West African men after all. <laughs> so I had a conversation with someone last week because basically I was telling him that I was in a car with four girls. I'm the brown one and I'm currently not dating brown guys. There's a white girl who last person she dated was brown, like Asian. There's another white girl who only dates black guys. And then there was a black girl 
who is with an Asian guy. And I was like, isn't that funny? And then I was telling my friend this. And then he said, girls grow up and the guys that they're surrounded by, they're like, they're dickheads. So whoever you're surrounded by, you assume they're all dickheads. So I'll I'll be like, all Indian guys are dickheads, for example. Yeah, straight up, mate. (laughs) So then you actively go against that then you realize all guys are dickheads and then you end up just yeah it's just a guy thing but <laughs> that's thought, funny that's an interesting I thought it was an interesting theory from a guy i was like he was like you know us men we are dickheads i was like okay wow fucking great <laughs> thanks <laughs> thank you next Tony, before we get onto the main stage l's we like to say thank you next to something that just bugged us a little bit this week is there anything that happened during the week that you want to say thank you next to I want to say thank you next to Lucy from Love Island for trying to go in on my girl your one day. So thank you next to Lucy with her microaggressions. Bye. How did you guys come across this? Because I don't I don't use Twitter that much. Twitter, baby. Twitter. I saw it all kick off. Yeah. What did you guys see? Well, tell me everything you saw. So on Twitter, yeah, Lucy calling you one day a bully with really no adequate evidence of such behavior and such accusations and then you one day saying oh I experienced bullying from her I experienced microaggressions from from Lucy with the way that she was mispronouncing my name and then she tried to give me another name and we saw like when you watched Love Island we saw Lucy we saw how she was like backstabbing the girls she loved the boys she said she doesn't have female friends which is like red flag anyway I hate that shit yeah me too and it's like come on you're really gonna do this like love island has been over and you want to start a conversation now about another woman based on what so yeah i was i was not a fan yeah and everyone jumped in like first amber jumped in and was like no like it was me that said stuff to you lucy it wasn't your one day you one day never said nothing to you and then Amy stepped yeah. in. Amy who doesn't get Amy. involved. She was like, no, this is what happened. And it was like, shit. Okay. Amy that doesn't get involved. So if she's defending you one day, who's the real bully, right? Who's the real bully? A hundred percent. And what was she trying to call you one day? Like she was trying to give her a really basic name that wasn't anything like you one day. I have no idea, but I just... Steve. <laughs> yeah, let's just say Steve. And it's just like, that is such a, it's such a strange thing to do, isn't it? Like, because how hard is you one day to say? It's not that harder name yeah and I feel like it's like the the undertone as well is really really awful because I think it happens a lot with anyone from an ethnic minority background yeah um it's almost like trying to strip away your identity and it's like a sign of like not respecting you as an individual and it's just like infuriating because hi I'm Daniel founder of pretty litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I know Lucy can say Nicole Scherzinger. I know Lucy can say (laughs) Arnold Schwarzenegger. I know Lucy can say Balenciaga. I know Lucy can say all these things that people are putting on Twitter. Like Lucy can say all of that. But she's like, it's like intentionally choosing to like mispronounce your name because it is their way of showing that they do not respect you. Yeah, it's so true. People always call me Raj and I'm like, it's Raj. So in my Insta bio, it says Raj like Madge. And I always say to people when I meet them, it's Raj like Vaj. Like just think about vaginas. (laughs) (laughs) But they'll still do it. And I'm just like, oh. But it's so important to correct people because like that is your identity. I don't correct them enough. Like I just don't. Oh no, you need to do it. Yeah, I need to start doing it. It's really bad. I need to actually be like, no, listen, this is my name. Stop it. Yeah. (laughs) My friend was telling me, basically he's got like a hard name to pronounce and teachers shortened it to something 
like name you would hear in England. And um, I was talking to him about like why a teacher would do that specifically. And then I was just thinking like, if a teacher's in a class full of people, they probably just don't want to be embarrassed. I was just trying to really, really simplify it. Like why would somebody do that? But the points that you guys are saying you know like stripping away your identity that is essentially what it is I think it's worse for a teacher to do that than even someone who I'm working with because it's just like the teacher's setting the tone for the rest of the class and I just think you know like teachers have no excuse because they have the power to take the child out and be like what's your name how do you say it yeah yeah and then you've got to register mate write it how you pronounce it you're the adult in that situation I'll just like Nah, thank you next to teachers that do that. Yeah, it made me sad because I was like, the name that he's been, he, he got given is nothing like his name. And I was just like, this is stupid. Uh, who are they to give him a name? Nah, what? No, you are not my mum and dad, bye. If this has happened to you, hit us up at thank you next pod on socials and hi, thank you next podcast at gmail.com. You can send us a long email about it. It's all right, don't worry. Like share your frustrations with us. Thank you next. So we're going to get into lesson number one. One taught me. It's nobody's responsibility to make you happy. Oh, that's a good one. Tell us about this, please. So this is based on the notion that it is the job of other people to make us happy. But I actually think people can add to our happiness, but our happiness in the foundation comes from us. And if we put our happiness in the hands of other people, then our sadness is in the hands of them too. So it's important to just remember, first and foremost, I am responsible for making myself happy. I fill my own cup and every, everyone else just tops it up. They can they can add, they can deplete, but they can't remove. When did you learn that? I learned it from two people, actually. So I had this conversation with my mum, but I also learned it from Will Smith. He has this video where he talks about it. And I was just like, I need to remember this until my dying day. So my mum's kind of like referenced it in the past, like when I've been down and saying to me, that no one can make you unhappy. It's, it's all on you. Like, forget about it. If you, if you want to move on, you want to be happy, that's on you. But then, like, I would say Will Smith maybe just articulated it differently. <laughs> what did he say? Do you remember? Like, what, stuck, what stuck in your head? So he didn't really reference happiness as such. He referenced journeys. And he said, we have this belief that when you are in a relationship, you become one with your partner and that your journeys, like, become one journey. But he said, no, you're, you're two individuals. You're on two separate journeys. You're just walking side by side. And I was just like, that is so true. That is is completely accurate because when you do see yourself as one and you strip away that identity that you have as an individual, then everything you do becomes attached to that person. And then your happiness also becomes attached to that person. That's not healthy. So it's like, yeah, you ride with people, you go on your journey with them, but you like walk holding hands. You don't walk down the same path. This is really interesting because I think there was a point in my life where I got all of my happiness from relationships like friendships and Mm. romantic relationships and if something was wrong in any of these relationships it would derail me I think slowly 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 like just trying to get some boundaries and just like working on myself my friends now kind of like slot into my life and we slot into each other's lives in like a nice way yeah no I can I can definitely like identify with that and I think another way I learned that lesson was through making that mistake as well like in relationships like centering the other person and my whole world was like me and them and then having to learn the hard way like no like no my whole world is me and me (laughs) and then everyone else is like a part of it yeah like I watched that I think I watched a different video but it was Will and Jada in it and they were literally explaining it that that was a mistake that they were making in their relationship that they both felt that they should make each other happy but it was actually they had to make themselves happy first and then make each other happy. And I know everyone has their um, theories about their marriage and one or whatnot, but they discussed having a break from one another after I think it was Jada's 40th. And in that time, they were both just filling up their own cups and then they were coming back together. I think that's so important. And the thing is, is like, yeah, I've learned, the only way I've learned this is from A, that video, but B, also being in a relationship where literally everything we did was together and we thought our happiness was just about us as a unit and it was like what you said about holding hands is like we took that completely to another <laughs> level like we're holding hands we're in this together he's part of my job I'm part of his job blah 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 do you know what I mean it was ridiculous yeah. it was and it was just like when he left my life that was it what did I have left nothing because I had this all or nothing mentality but it's also something that I've noticed in films and tv and books yeah yeah maybe things have changed in the last few years but they've all just been like 
the happiness is when you are with someone, when you are with a partner and you're and you're married and that is the happiness. Especially when you're a woman. Yeah. Yeah. So like as as a kid, I've always been like surrounded by Bollywood or even the Hollywood movies. And it's just like, oh, I need to find uh, someone else to complete me. And literally the Jerry Maguire line is, you know, you complete me. Right. And it's like, no, you idiot. You complete you. But everything we've grown up around has been like, no, 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 you need to find someone to complete you. And when you're single, like, you know, we're like, oh, you've got a single glow and blah, 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 blah. We can say that now. But I think if this was 10 years ago, we might have been like, oh, but, but don't you want to yeah. find a man? The, it's the language that people use as well. Like, I remember I met up with a friend and then her undertone was always like, you'll find someone. And I'm like, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. Yeah. I don't want like a chain constantly taking me back to, oh, yeah, I could be with someone like no like this is it and i can make this it and you know someone comes along cool um yeah but yeah no it is it is mad isn't it the way yeah the way it works i hope it changes like properly through tv and stuff as well because at the moment even now i'm just like it's always like yeah you've got to be with someone and you're like oh okay yeah and i will see women caretaking as well so all the women that i've grown up with have been like caretakers all the girls i see on tv and stuff they're always caring aren't they like even my housemate is a joke the other week he was like you need to take care of me in terms of like food and i just looked at him and i just goes you are not my son i goes you are not my son <laughs> and like he was only joking yeah but like i've been a bit more um aware of when i am like slipping into overextending myself and not filling my cup because for a long time i was running on empty and trying to fill someone else's cup and oh my god I don't I've never experienced like pain like that before it's so hard to like get out of that yeah no it's it's super tough to get out of that and then it makes you resent the other person as well which is kind of unfair to them because like a lot of the time as deep as it is when we center people in our lives the truth of the matter is a lot of the time they didn't ask us to and we we just thought oh it's our responsibility based on things we've seen and things we've heard in society and what we've seen on telly and it's like, actually, low key, if you had prioritized yourself, you would still be together, maybe in a happier relationship. But where we tell ourselves, I need to be the right or dad girlfriend. Like, no, no. Imagine, no, I'm not doing that. No. I'm not doing that. No. I refuse. So what are you saying thank you next to? I'm saying thank you next to centering other people in our lives and centering everyone else's happiness except ours. Thank you. Next. Okay, so we're on to lesson number two. So one taught me. Everyone loves differently. Okay. What do you mean by that? So I, I'm sure you guys have heard of this. I read a book called Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. Yeah. And it's basically a book that references the way people love and how historically we have an expectation that people love how we love. And then when they're not reciprocating our love, how we recognize or like to be loved, then we feel unloved. But he basically said that everyone loves in a different way. So the five love languages touches on quality time, physical touch, buying gifts, words of affirmation and acts of service. Those are the five love languages. And he basically says that just because someone does not love you how you want to be loved, you might be thinking, oh, this person doesn't tell me I'm beautiful every day. This doesn't this person doesn't say I love you. But in their mind, they're showing you they love you because they're cleaning your car. They're going to the, get your laundry. They're helping you clean the house and they show it through acts of service. So it's basically a lesson that I learned, which was because we're all individuals, we all express our devotion to each other in different ways. And it's better to communicate with your partner and say, okay, what does love look like to you? And how do you feel you show me I'm loved? Than to just assume they don't care. I feel like this book has changed so many people's relationships. And I actually did the test or whatever with a, a part, ex-partner and uh, it didn't it didn't do anything for us we still went straight down a hole but i tried have you asked those questions then in a relationship have you asked those two questions i did in uh, an entanglement that i was in a little <laughs> while ago but as i said it was an entanglement so maybe we weren't on the same page i did all those tests i thought i was being really ahead of the game i was like come on i'm gonna make this time this one's gonna work i was like yeah, yeah it's gonna work and it didn't but um yeah, it's a very necessary process. I agree, it is necessary. And I've had conversations with partners where I've been like, oh, well, I don't feel like you care. And then we've done the quiz and I'm like, oh, okay, I see. Oh so my like, God. Where, 
yeah, it's it's really, really important. So where for for them, for example, their top one may have been physical touch. Why do I feel like every man's anyway? That's a, that's a story. You know what that's it a is. Story that's for why. another day. But uh, where where theirs is like physical touch, and where mine may have been quality time, mm. I'm like, oh, we don't. We need to do more things together. We need to do more things together. But to them, like they're showing me they care through physical touch. And I'm like, okay, this is where there's like this miscommunication and it's not flowing. And it helped realign because they knew, okay, she really likes quality time. Okay, come, let's go on holidays then since she likes quality time. Mm. And I knew, oh, he really likes physical touch. Okay, let me just, I'll stroke your beard, I'll stroke your hair, I'll stroke all that. Like, and it, and it helped. So I've had those conversations. It made a difference. I need to get this book. I need to get yeah, this it's, book. it's really good. Yeah, I, you don't even really need the, I mean... I mean, more coins in his purse, but yeah, you don't even really need the book, even though it'd be great to support him, but I'm sure there are other ways. I would just go to the website, Five Love Languages, and you can basically like read everything you need to know about it online and do the test online. Oh, great. The book is great, but I would say that there's been so much written about it that the book is not a necessity. I was having problems with someone in my family for a long time. Our relationship was like very, very strained and their love language was gestures and they'd check in with me like little but often but mainly gestures and like gifts. Whereas mine is quality time. By the way, I do think when you said yours is quality time and the other guy's was a touch, it made me laugh because I always think like deep down, like quality time is a good one. That's 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 like integrity. That's into, that's like that's the one you want. Like I I feel like it's a little bit better than all the rest. Like the rest don't mean shit. Like I've got a bit of a hierarchy of what. Maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I shouldn't judge. But quality time is the best. But um, yeah. For a long time, my relationship with this family member was like very very strained. And I just got to a point where I I must have like read about this stuff and it like clicked in place that they show love in a different way to me. Whereas mine's like quality time and words of affirmation and things like that and like touch. Theirs is more, you know, acts of service. And I think reading this information and taking it in, it helped me to flip the dynamic because our relationship was wasting away. I was not appreciating that person at all, anything they did. I was just constantly looking at what they lacked and that is not that's not helpful for any relationship so I feel like learning about this like completely flipped the perspective and like gave new life to the relationship because I was able to actually accept them for who they are instead of wishing there was someone else which is a complete waste of time because they're never going to be someone else and it's not fair of me to do that but yeah it really did help me in like a family situation. That's really, really good. And that's the thing about love languages. Like people assume that they're strictly romantic, but they apply to every kind of relationship. Mm. Tony, you're the best. <laughs> so what are we saying thank you next to? We are saying thank you next to assuming everyone loves exactly how you do. Mm-hmm. So would you recommend that all couples or people got to do these? What do you do? You do it with your friends? Hundred. I've done it with my friends. Yeah, I've done it with my bestie. Done it with my sister. Hundred percent. Oh, wow. I feel like it's worth doing. And even if it's not some like massive revelation that you come to, at least you can know whether you have the same love language or not. Because it's nice when you do it equally and you get like your top two languages are both the same. It's like, oh, okay, okay, cool. We both like doing the same things. But when they're different, it's like, okay, how can we come to a compromise? So yeah, do it with everybody, definitely. When it being the same, that's what me and this person did, the like ex-partner. And I was like, oh yeah, we're on the same vibe. And then I'm like, oh no, he knows I like quality time, but he uh, he's not around. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, his, his was quality time too? Yeah, he just didn't want it with me, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I guess the catch is like, you can't, uh, you like you have the same love language, but you can't determine what other character qualities are going to interfere with that. So someone's top love languages could be identical to yours or their whole list could be identical to yours, but they could also be very selfish people. They could also be very uh, narcissistic people. They could also be very uncaring people. So you can have the same love, love language and that doesn't diminish the fact that like your characters can still be very different. So just because you have the same love language doesn't mean it's like a match made in heaven. They're not like the dream that I think about in my head, but not the reality. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it didn't change anything. I'm glad we covered that one. <laughs> Next. Should we get on to the third lesson then? Yeah. Cool. So one taught me. When it comes to communicating, listening is just as important as speaking up. I'm too scared to speak now. So tell us. <laughs> tell us about this. This is just a lesson that I kind of like came to you through experience. 
and having discussions with people and not really coming to conclusions or not really agreeing or there being issues and thinking, well, we talk about everything. What's the problem? And then I had to take a step back and, and say, okay, yeah, you're speaking about it, Tony, but are you actually listening? Are you listening to understand or are you listening to respond? And I found myself in discussions with people where I was like quite emotional or it was like an emotionally triggering or fueled discussion and I wouldn't be listening to understand. So we would have this chat and I feel like, oh yeah, I'm such a great communicator. I always speak my mind. I'm so transparent and vulnerable. But it's like, okay, yeah, you're all these things, but do you actually listen to the other person? And listening is more than just hearing. And then when I started to work on my listening and I was like, okay, I need to train myself to be a better listener. How did you do this? What went, well, how do you train yourself to be a better listener? I need help. Okay. So when, <laughs> when it comes to listening, one of the first things I did was to count down after people have finished a point. So I would like hear someone and just go straight in. So I would wait for them to finish and then I'd just like take a breath and then I'd say what I wanted to say because that time helps you process what they've said. And also when they're speaking, actively telling myself, okay, really listening, li- listen to what they're saying. What are they saying? And and just repeating what they're saying in my head because I would like listen and be like, da, 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 da. And when I tried to train myself, if they were talking, I would be staring at their mouth and I'll be repeating what they're saying in my head. So I think like repetition of what they're saying and taking that pause before you like answer is really important. And those two things in particular, as well as trying to lower my speed in heated discussions. So in heated discussions. Oh, that's hard though. Like, it, But you could do it with training because I used to be like, you don't care about me. And then when I was like, I need to change, I started thinking, okay, there was someone in my life, I had an ex-boyfriend who was so good at being chill and heated. He was so good at being chill and heated discussions that he used to piss me off because I used to be like, why aren't you annoyed? Like, why are you so chill? Like, this is annoying. But he taught me a great lesson. And then now, like, I'll be speaking to people and I'll be thinking, what would he do? And when I'm in a heated discussion, I'm just like, mm-hmm, uh-huh. And I think it helps to also repeat to people that you understand their point. So before I would just kind of be listening and be like, whatever. And now when people are talking, they would say their bit. I'm repeating what they're saying in my head. And I'll be like, okay, I understand what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Okay, I completely agree. Okay, mm, I don't necessarily agree with that. But because I'm replying in those moments, like intermittently, it helps me just like really absorb what they're saying. But when I'm like chill and I'm responding back, like I've waited my three seconds, I'm responding back. I'm like, okay, so. Da, 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 da. And then another thing that helped me is, repeating their points back to them. So in my rebuttal, I would be like, I appreciate the point you made about Saturday, but da, 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 da. And you made a really good point earlier about, because I'm, I think with the, knowing that I'm going to repeat forces me to listen too. And it's something that I try and do like in interviews, like when I'm interviewing other people, I repeat what they've said back to me so they know I've been listening. So all those little things in unison helped me so much, like it made such a difference. The thing is, is like, how do you shut that spark? You know, when someone's talking and like immediately there's a spark in your head, like, oh, you're going to say this to that. Oh, do you know what I mean? How do you? But then it's what it's what Tony said about you're just doing it to answer. Yeah. Yeah. But then, you know, you're doing it because you're just like, my brain is like that. My brain is like, I'm like, I think a lot of people's is. Yeah. The key thing is like not to reply until you have three. So that's why the three seconds of silence is really important. When you have that three seconds of silence, you know, they're done because it's very easy. They're not done. And you're like, oh, you're going to say that I did this. But it's like, OK, let me just wait. OK, now I hear three seconds of silence. They must be finished. So now I can speak. So it's, it's fine to speak. But until I hear silence for at least three seconds, you're still talking as far as I'm concerned. OK. But last week I had someone at work who annoyed me. And then in my head, my response was, yeah, oh, because you're so professional because you do this, this, this. And obviously I was never going to say that to that person. But I was like, once your mind is doing that, you're speaking to like just to say something not nice, then you need to take yourself away from the situation and actually think what would be a positive thing going forward yeah and I think there there is a lot of strength in being able to say okay I'm going to recommence this conversation later because some people think that oh you're a good communicator if you can just confront every situation but that's not completely accurate sometimes in certain types of conflict it pays to say okay let's have this discussion another time when you've cooled down you've relaxed you're able to see the other person's perspective and then you talk about it the following day like I used to be with someone who'd be like, I'd prefer not to speak about this now. Like, I want to speak about this tomorrow. And I'd be like, why not now? And I'd be getting angry thinking like, you're invalidating me. But no, it's actually because they wanted to approach the conversation constructively and they knew they couldn't. Like my sister does this all the time. 
where like we'll be having a discussion. I see she's in a mood and she goes upstairs and she's just like MIA for a bit. But I know she's doing this because she knows if she talks to me now, like she will go ham. So it's her way of almost like protecting other people too, because she knows, okay, the way I feel now, I'm not going to say anything constructive. I'm going to be petty. So let me remove myself, relax, and then later we'll recommence. <laughs> it's saying the hurtful things. Like once at the start of lockdown, I was at my mom's house and then we had like a massive argument, like me, her and my brother. And like the stuff that was coming out was from all of us because it was there and then was so petty. And I was just like, man, I really wish we didn't have that conversation then. But I guess it's like a, a learning curve, isn't it? Yeah, sometimes it's like a band-aid. Like you rip it off and then you realise, okay, like next time I won't do that. <laughs> yeah. And then there's a the thing of like, even when you're opening your mouth to not say offensive things. But my thing is like when someone's talking to me, I'll, I, I don't do what you were doing, which is like, okay, yeah, I understand. Okay, I don't agree with that. But yeah, carry on. Like I'll be like, but what about this? Oh, but what do you think of that though? But what, what about this? And... The other person gets really offended because they're like, you won't let me speak. And I'm just like, <laughs> fuck, like, what do I do about this? And that is my main problem. Like I was, I go for walks with my mate every Saturday and like, he'll always be like going off about, about something or whatever, some TV show. And I'll be like, but what about that? But what about from that angle? And he's like, just let me speak. You won't let me speak. And I'll just be like, shit. Okay. And I've realized it is actually a thing. Like I have, uh, what is it? What is, it's like, it's like puke. You can't stop it from coming out. Like verbal diarrhea, yeah. Yeah, I have that. I find though that like sometimes my brain works too fast. I, you ask me a question, I get five answers yeah. and then I have to <laughs> say all of those answers before I forget. So sometimes I do do that, like interrupt people. I'm like, yeah, yeah, but before I forget, because my memory's a bit shit sometimes. I'm going to work on not interrupting people and just pretending that, because I was talking about this trick in um, couples counselling where you have to pretend that someone's got a stick and only the person with the stick can yeah. talk and you have to actively listen. So I'm going to have to pretend that in just my friendships and just be like, okay, you're talking. I guess you've got to stop <laughs> thinking about it as like conflict. Yeah and actually think about it as i need to listen mm. to understand yeah mm. which is hard sometimes it's tough man so what are you saying thank you next to i'm saying thank you next to interrupting and not letting people finish and not actually listening to understand i feel like kanye now i'm like i'm gonna let you finish <laughs> 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 oh man i feel seen i feel i feel like shit man i need to sort no, myself out. no no <laughs> i used to be the worst i trust me i used to be like the worst listener i was like hyper defensive i all the things we talked about i did like being hyper defensive and saying what about this being petty or spiteful and saying something that i would later regret just interrupting every second and it took work but i think like being able to acknowledge like the flaws that you have is actually a strength people are like oh no like i'm such an awful person like no you're amazing to be able to reflect do you know how many people have flaws and they think they're freaking amazing i think like <laughs> that's a lot of people they cannot see their flaws but to yeah. be able to say no i'm terrible at this and i need to change this is like a big big deal so like that's a that's a good thing yeah there's space for growth also rad you are not you are not what you you think you are all right in that sense you don't if you ask Karun, he'll be like nah like she needs to shut <laughs> up <laughs> Yeah, but he's like your like your mate that you're probably like the most unfiltered with. I so. don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. It's good. There's space for growth. There's room for growth. Yeah, always. Thank you for your time and like, you know, taking the time out to chat to us. And That's my pleasure. Yeah, and thank you for dropping some wisdom because now I definitely have some homework to do. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> no, thank you because I needed it. I needed it. I like working on myself. Yeah, it's, it's good. And it's fulfilling because when you like feel like, okay, I did that, I changed. It's like, yeah, it's nice. You can see yourself like progressing, becoming a better you. I can't wait to read your book. Come back when it's out. October, it's a date. <laughs> okay, done. We'll see you in October. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to Thank You Next. Make sure you share this episode with a Tony Tone fan or a fan of Diego from Ice Age. Someone who's a fan of absolutely anything we've chatted about today. So hopefully everyone. Or you know what else you can do is you can take the time code of where we spoke about people mispronouncing people's names and you can send that to someone that's mispronounced your name. <laughs> 
You're so savage. Savagery. I am. Savagery, we are here for it in 2021, honey. Raj Savage Panda. I like that. I really like that. If you liked what you heard, make sure you hit subscribe on Acast, Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to give us a review. There's still a prize going on for the best review. The winner's going to be announced at the end of the month and we are prize matching, yo. That means if you tell us what you want the prize to be for your review, we will do our best to prize match it. For example, if you wanted carrots, we will maybe give you a parsnip. No, we can give carrots if you want carrots. But I mean, like, if you're going to ask for something ridiculous, we'll... Yeah, we'll try our best. There's only actually a couple of days left to go. So please get your reviews in now. You can review us on Apple Podcasts and basically, yeah, do it. We'll be back next week with more shit we want to say thank you next to. Remember... Hardy, one minute. I have to interrupt. I know we're not supposed to interrupt, but I have to interrupt. Because next week we are doing a special episode, aren't we? Is it the Ariana one? It's the Ariana Grande Thank You Next. We're celebrating two years of Thank You Next, the album. And we're going to pick three lessons from that album that we're going to say thank you next to. I need to listen to the album, mate. I need to go. I've got it. Well, someone got it for you before Christmas. Thank you, so it's in my drawer. You better get it out of your drawer. Remember to hit us up. Let us know what you're saying thank you next to. You can email us or leave us a voice note. We'd actually love to hear your voice. It makes us so happy. Hi, thank you next podcast at gmail.com or you can DM us on socials. We are thank you next pod on Insta, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. We want to know your thoughts as well on thank you next, the album. Make sure you send us those in time for next week's episode because it's going to be at Ari Fest. Oh my God, Ari Fest? That sounds so lit. Arianata. I still don't know how to say that, but yeah. Is that real? Is that legit? It's a legit thing, yeah. I thought you just made it up. No, that's what she calls her fans. They like Terminators, but Arianators. What are we calling our fans? Oh, shit. Okay, let's wait. Should we not get ahead of ourselves? I'll do a poll on Insta stories this week. Okay, guys. So we're... Well, Hardeep's going to go listen to Ariana's album and... uh... Thank you for listening. Thanks, guys. Love you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for... 